Good evening. Good evening and welcome to the screening of the Fog of War. Um, as you can hear, there's some sound. Uh, we show this film in the context of the sound program we do this year. It's called Sounds Real, which focuses on sound in documentary. Um, and I'm very glad to introduce to you the sound designer of uh, The Fog of War, Tom Paul. Please welcome him. <laughs> Tom will introduce the film to you uh, in a sort of 20 minutes presentation and talking about the sound they used in this film. After the film, there will be a, a long Q&A and I can tell you that also Errol Morris will be joining for this uh, Q&A afterwards. So I think it's uh, very worth to stay after the screening. Um, first, the word Tom Paul. Thank you. Good evening. So for a few moments, just have a listen to what you're hearing is a mockingbird I get the the projector on my computer? While they're sorting that out, what I'd like to to show you in the beginning is a little bit of a technique that we used a lot in the Fog of War. Um, we were messing with the time domain, which is a lot of fun with sound effects. And we were trying to um, keep the experience very emotional and very removed from reality um, while still indicating it. So what you were just listening to really was a mockingbird. And I love a mockingbird because it's kind of a liar, just like filmmakers, sorry. We're creating illusions and creating representations of things. Um, and a mockingbird is like has everything. I don't know exactly what kind of bird he was imitating at this moment, but and I'll show you how we got to that sound, which is a technique that we used a lot. Um, is this going to happen? There we go. Excellent. Okay. So my colleagues might not be happy about this, but I'm about to reveal some secrets. Sound design secrets. It's quite simple. Um, 
So this is what we were listening to. Where did it go? And it actually started life as this. So I love to start when I'm making sounds. I love to start with things that come from nature, something that comes from a biological being. It has a lot of sort of built-in reality, organic emotion. You kind of, you almost can't go wrong. If you start with something that's real, you can play with it. And all of the manipulation that I've done here is really, it's, it sounds like an electronic sound, but really it's, it's physical manipulation, slowing it down, enhancing certain frequencies. It, there's nothing in there that, that you just heard that isn't in that bird sound. It's just looking at it, listening to it in a different, different way. Uh, so first, I'll just show you the different levels. That's the normal speed again. This is slowed down about... 70% or <laughs> then I took that one and slowed it down even more a lot I could do with that sound too that's a good one and then finally this one, I'll take, I'll take all the processing off it for a second so you can hear what it sounds like just naturally slowed down. So if you're trying to make a slow motion sound um, that stays on pitch and you want to just stretch it out and make it last longer, then you're relying on the computer to kind of reprocess it and it ends up, if you do an extreme, extreme slowdown like that, you're going to have um, all kinds of aliasing and digital artifacts and it won't sound very good. But if you do it in a way that you allow it to both drop in pitch and get longer, then you're basically just kind of slowing down the playback of it, but you're not really tr asking it to create any new you know, new sounds, you're just slowing down. The, the, it interpolates and plays the same samples over and over and over again until you have it long and, and low enough. So um, that's why you get something nice and clean. And then there are various, this is my process. I have everything kind of going through from these tracks onto a kind of a funnel on which I can apply a lot of effects. So this is like a resonant filter that increases certain frequencies and a series of filters. This one is another pitch shifter that can use, you know, a lot of or a little of. And move it around. The, the fun part, the fun part about my job, one of the fun parts about my job is that you get to play with toys like this and then 
and then interact with them emotionally. You know, so I just, there's a feeling, the fog of war was so specific in its tone and, and color and, and emotion that I did a lot of messing around until something resonated and, and making all kinds of sounds that, because we didn't want anything to sound really realistic, but we wanted stuff to sound kind of like it might feel. And, you know, he's talking, McNamara is talking after so many years and his memories a bit foggy maybe and his also his whole um he's very detached from it so we were trying to create kind of a an archive of his memory with that and but at the same time we wanted to give an experience for the audience that was very emotional and had the gravity and the impact of you know he's talking about a hundred thousand people being burned alive overnight, men, women, and children. Uh, we wanted to impart the weight of that, even if kind of subliminally, while we, you know, were listening to him talk about it. You know. Um, okay, back to this. The last step was reverb, and reverb kind of always helps put a mysterious gloss on things. But my favorite tool of all is this one. Uh, hold on. So this one is it's an equalizer, but it, it's it's kind of like a it's a end stage filter that I can just turn everything off so I can take the sound that I make of all these things and then I can choose exactly what part of it I want to hear. So in this way, we can make a bird chirp have a, a real variety of emotions. That's just the sound when you stop it. Um, so I, I'm not going to talk too long today, but before the film, we'll have a Q&A after, but I wanted to point out a the two uses of the word sound designer. So sound design, it's kind of evolved as a terminology. It used to be the sound, the person who actually created the specific sounds, and they often worked for the sound supervisor. And it has kind of evolved into the sound designer is the word used for the sound supervisor, the, some, the person who oversees and creates and is responsible for the whole overall sound of a film. And that's the way I work now, mostly. But this one was actually the old school use of the term where I was hired by the supervising sound editor who was in charge of the dialogue and the foley and everything to just make the sounds that were very stylized for the film. And there were, there were a few of us on the team, um, but... I was, I was kind of the lucky one who got to really play in the, 
in an emotional soup and try to you know, make the stuff that was going to be really evocative. And then I just handed the sounds that I made for various things to the supervising sound editor, and he arranged them. And I was listening to Philip Glass's music the whole time, and I had certain scenes. And, you know, when you do a film like this, there are certain scenes that are musically based and scenes that are sound effects based. And you kind of pass back and forth, and we try to have a relationship with the score all the time so the movie feels of a piece. And this film... I think more than many ended up feeling very much of a piece in that 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 this is something about the flavor of it that spreads across the image, the pacing of the editing, the sound, the music, the mix, everything seems to that's I think that's one reason why it works so so well. So I made a bunch of sounds and I wanted to play a few of them for you. I wanted to demonstrate that time domain shifting because that's how a lot of sounds are made, especially when you're trying to get at something that feels a little bit unrealistic or very unrealistic. So I want to play a few sounds that you will hear in the movie. Um, also, I wanted to just talk for a second about the concept of integrity in documentary sound, because it's sometimes a heated topic at Q&As. And there are a few different schools of thought. Um, and my basic thought is that film is such a wide-ranging medium. And it's also a young medium. You know, sound in film has been, what, 100 years at the most? Not even 90 years? Something like that. Um, so in a way, we're sort of still inventing it. And I don't feel like there's any rules. The only rule that I have personally for sound is that if it sounds good, it is good. It's as simple as that. I love, as a mixer and a sound supervisor, I love deferring to the director. And I'm not going to be, some mixers are very paternal and they're like, no, 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 that's not like movie sound. You can't do that. You know, we, of course, we have to do this. And I'm more like, yeah, let's have half the movie silent and then make really loud, crazy stuff. And that's fine because, you know, the director is kind of, his own god for his two hours or hour and a half that he's earned, and that's or she, and that's that's kind of the way you know. Exaggerated terms. That's kind of how I approach it. And so, documentaries sometimes are very very realistic. I did the sound for Born into Brothels, and Zana, the director, is very passionate, and she recorded a lot of sounds in Calcutta, and. Um, she wouldn't let me use any sounds that she didn't give me. So thankfully she was wonderful and she went around town and recorded bicycles and dogs and ambiences and market, amb you know, wallas and everything. So I had a lot to work with. But if I needed a camera click or a footstep or anything that didn't come from Calcutta, couldn't use it. So I respect that. That's cool. That's the way she wanted to do it. And it, the movie came out great. Um, but I just want to bring up the idea that with film, we're representing something. We are not showing you an absolute truth because as soon as the camera person says, I'm going to shoot over here, what if something that's involved in the truth is happening over there? You don't know it. So there's no real objective truth depicted in documentary film. It's always a choice. It's an art. 
And it's the choice of the filmmaker, it's the choice of the sound designer, it's the choice of the producer to say, let's go there that day. We can't afford to go there. Let's cover this in case something happens. There's choices at every single turn. And therefore, I think that it comes down to trust. So as an audience going to a documentary film, you may or may not choose to trust the people who are giving you that experience. And then it's like, okay, well, we're giving you the experience of we're trying to best represent this situation, this truth that we're trying to tell you or trying to interpret for you through this medium. So that kind of gives us license to symbolically represent what we are trying to communicate. So for me, it's not about integrity to what's actually there because that's always limited by the technology and the choices of filmmaking. So it's more about doing our best as artists to portray what we're trying to show you. So that's kind of my, my position on the integrity of documentary sound. So here are a few sounds that you'll hear in the film. And most of them have come from messing with the time domain. film a lot, you'll recognize it probably. So all these sounds came from different places. This particular one came from a toy in the 70s called Mr. Microphone, which was a little plastic microphone that had an FM transmitter built in. And it was like Ronco, you know, order on TV. And if you turn it on and you're tuning into a certain, tune your radio into a certain frequency, you can broadcast yourself. And it was kind of all the rage. But to make this sound, we, I think we held it close to the speaker of the radio and moved it around and put our hand between it. And we got kind of a feedback pulse going and then probably slowed that down too. But that's where that started. This next one, the last one is an angle grinder slowed down a lot.
Okay, you get the idea. Let's watch a movie. Um, yeah, you'll you'll hear some of those sounds in there, and afterwards we get to talk to Errol Morris. So enjoy.